hello hello and welcome to another episode of the wondrous traversing the scintillating spectacular show that lasts for all of perpetual time comedian's paradise where we speak to unique tantalizing fantastic people that are like a fantastic buffet from jimmy spices you have Indian, Chinese, Thai. We get so many amalgamations of people and unique stories and things that will inspire us to become Aragon in Lord of the Rings as we chase the reformer's journey and be our own hero. <laughs> now today's guest is, well, he's fit. <laughs> he's cool. The moment he has a bit of a bit of a silly moustache, he wears glasses. He's part Asian, he's part Irish, part English, and there's a bit of Thai in him as well. He's an amalgamation of so many different things. He's like the parts of a laptop. You've got the heater, you've got the wind. The fan, you got the hard drive, you got the CPU, you got the RAM, so many different things. Now, effectively, we got a unique and fantastic guest that you know very well. He looks a lot like me, he sounds a lot like me. And you may not have realized this, and it's something you'll probably never figure out, but it is me. Yay, it's me. I apologise for not having a guest today. I, I don't know what happened. But it is what it is. But yeah, you're going to hear from me, the, the, the founder of this podcast, the, the, the honcho, the host. You're going to hear my thoughts today. And you're probably going to hear my neighbours and other people around the flat I'm living in. Having a few giggles here and there. But who gives a shit? Now, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen today. Is It's a solo podcast with me. You're gonna, I'm not going to make this a podcast where I tell you, you should do this, you should do that, whatever, whatever. I think you, you, we're going to talk about my comedy journey and my journey starting a podcast. And we're going to look at what I did wrong <laughs> and what you could perhaps avoid doing in your comedy or performer's journey. Okay. <laughs> so let's start on how I started in comedy. The beautiful, weird and unique world we all inhabit. Or I inhabit anyway. I was just finishing my degree, competing with business, 2013, <sighs> quite a long time ago, eh? And I saw an article in the newspaper of the uni I was in, Kingston, not, not, not the best uni, but it was a uni, saying, <clears throat> oh, this person did comedy in the Cavendish Arms. Now, I was always 
told that I was a funny person. And I'm often a funny one in the group. Whether intently or non-intently, I seem to always be someone that makes people laugh. Don't know why. And I enjoyed doing it. It's fun. It's, it's, there's nothing better than having a good laugh and making people laugh. It's, it's a good laugh. I enjoy it. Monsieur Nasura is right. I'll email Kamala Shams. Could I get a spot? I emailed them. And I did something that was probably a bit pansy to start off your first gig, but hey, I took the plunge. I got my mum, my dad, and a good friend of mine sober to go and watch my first gig. <clears throat> now, I don't care. I think whatever comic you name, whether they be open mic or whether they be Bill Burr, they shut themselves in their first gig. And I was of no exception to that rule. It's a very scary thing, and I think it's like anything that's a big, hard decision, I suppose. Or that anything that's big out of your comfort zone. Anything that's really out there, and comedy is out there. You're really putting yourself on the line in front of people. There's no shield like a theatre or play or... Like in music, you get a, you get a shield to it a lot of the time. Stand-up, it can be quite bloody raw. You're there in a microphone talking. Now, it was all right. The Camden Shams is a very friendly place. And apart from it being a bringer, and it, it, I feel like it's a club. We're not going to get political, but it's a place that's probably getting a bit exploitive of acts now because of the position it's had. And it's had so many great comics there from... Rob Beckett and Josh Whittakin, who started there. It is, and I think sometimes with power, it corrupts a bit. And because of that, I think it's now taken advantage. But yeah, that, that's neither here nor there. Now, I had them on. And the thing that's quite scary about the whole setup of the Camden Shams is you don't know when you're on. At least when you know you're on, you're shitting yourself. But you know when to shit yourself. And... It's it's just crazy. You don't know when you're on it. It makes it ten times worse. I had that moment of being scared. Oh, God, I was sweating so much. That's such a crap room as well. It's like you're in a sauna, but in... Not in a sauna, but with people in a pub where everything's all squashed together. Trying to make as much money as possible. I went up there, I shut myself. And I was nervous throughout the... God, so nervy. And I did all right. I don't know why this. I said to the lady who's hosting that I was a bit scared and nervous. And was, she introduced me as a woman. Uh, I think there's very, you know, there's a big... Look, what was, I don't know what was that all about, but... Hey, who gives a shit? I went through it. And then my journey comedy is once I did that gig, I went to the Lion's Den, We Are Funny, and I found out more gigs, more gigs, more gigs. And that's how I started comedy. Some gigs went really well, went all right, and some gigs didn't go too well. But little, do you know, some of the ones that started well when I started, were when I fucking 
well, I didn't attend them to things didn't go as attended. Like I'll do a prop or a magic trick or it's, no, not magic trick. I didn't do magic then, but I'll do a prop. I'll set up a certain way out of a plan and then it went completely the wrong way. And that got way bigger laughs than whenever I tried doing stand up. And that was something that it took me another nine years to figure out. That is the bit. And it's a quote by Jerry Seinfeld. I think you don't get to choose what's funny about me. What's funny about me is because I stayed with my parents longer than I should have. Some things I'm not very smart on and I make mistakes and that makes people laugh. That's the bit that seems to work with me. And you you don't get to choose that. You go on stage and you give it a shot, you go on stage and I think that's the only way. You've got to try it. But I was annoyed that because what works for me in terms of being funny is doing to other people. If you're a bit different, a lot of the times people, especially against what's established, it's always going to be a little bit harder than you. But also, don't be an arrogant prick like me. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's how I started in comedy. Um, Yeah, and I think what Jerry Safran said, you're going to get to choose what's funny about you. And then let's talk about how I became a comedy promoter. Some of the things. So, in regards to comedy, what I can say not to do, the mistakes I made when I started doing comedy is, first of all, I don't really spend enough time networking, getting no other acts. You know, you've got to be funny, you've got to be good, but... And, Something that's just as important is that you build lots of relationships with people around you and you network and people have to fucking like you a lot. That's a huge, huge part of getting the better gigs, people liking you. And don't get people got no, don't get on the wrong side of people. People in comedy are very vindictive, very um well a lot of us are narcissists to some degree. We think we're more important than we are. If you damage the ego this thing can last for ages and ages and you know nothing gives some of the people more pleasure than screwing up someone they don't like and yeah don't don't, don't trust don't trust and this is probably something you hear often with a lot of comics or experienced comics or throughout comedy podcasts and entertainment I don't know for comedy and perhaps acting a little, to a degree. A lot of them ain't your friends. You gotta treat it like a workplace. Don't be too revealing about whether you dislike per this person, that person, or don't be. You watch what you say about other people because some people are hungry, like desperate, desperate fucking foxes ravishing a bin, and they're. You know, you, they will do anything to get ahead, and they don't care how moral it is or how this or whatever it is. They just want power, and I think everyone wants power to a degree. But some people will do anything to get it. Don't make yourself a victim to it, which I made at the start. Um, now, starting comedy clubs. Well. Here are the mistakes that I made. First of all, if a venue, as previous I've come to before, 
investigate why it hasn't worked out because it's very good and the venue's good and the promoter's good those probably likely still be there investigate that number two always be willing to walk away three um What was the, what's the, what's the third bit? Um, one of the mistakes I made when I first started running is I asked, how much should I pay acts to certain acts that I thought were experienced and give me good advice? Some of them don't give a good advice in that regard because they're not always behind the gigs. And they don't know what's practical when you're running gigs. So I think, yeah, be, be selective who you take advice from when running comedy gigs. Some comedians could not run a gig to save their fucking life. And some have their head up their ass. Mine is slightly ajar, just only a tiny bit there. Not not fully in there where it can't be taken out. It's just a tiny bit in there. Um, and yeah, I think probably the best ones are comed comedy comedians and promoters. They're probably the best people to talk to because they they see both sides of the fence. And one thing when I mention when I do comedy or run comedy gigs, there's always people who have never even stepped foot on a comedy stage trying to give you advice. If they've made efforts to study comedy or you know, actually put some effort to understand what goes on behind running a comedy show or being a comedian, then maybe you could listen to them. Some, but no, if they haven't, fuck off. You think you know about certain things, but you don't. Just, just fuck off. You know, it's like me trying to tell Harvey Specter to be a lawyer on Suits or something. Yeah, I've seen on on TV and on a show, and you know, I think that I know it from what they say. But things always get dramatised for TV. You're always going to get a certain image of it not being on the side. Fucking understand that. Stop thinking you're so fucking clever. Think you can talk about things you know fucking nothing about. Shut up. And don't take people from them that do. Tell them to fuck off. That's one of the things. Um, yeah, they're the main things. And so, regards to. Yeah, and when it comes to putting on a show and booking acts and running a show, you're the boss, not the venue, not the comedians, not. You're the boss. And you have to do what works. But also. One of the things that is running a gig, sometimes you get, I think it will fill you a bit of ego. Having someone wanting a spot and then you, I think, don't let it get to your head. Until you're the comedy store owner like Don Ward or unless you're Jimmy Carr, you ain't anyone and you're still a regular person. Yeah, and I think whatever the case is, you're st still a regular person, even if you have achieved that or this and that. So much time we put value on what someone's achieved or this and that but what are they like as a person that that's the most important thing i think that's what we need to change as a whole
and I do that as well. When I see a comic I admire an actor, I admire them, I see them as the object, I don't treat them as a person. And I often fuck it up and annoy them. But that's I think that's yeah, that's don't let it get to your head. Don't as I see that in comedians as well, they get a little bit of success, a tiny bit of success. And promoters but and it's, they go to their head, it's like, Oh, you were the fucker that was kicked to shit in high school. Now you finally have a little bit of power and you can finally take it on other people. That's that's what it is. And it's a bit like fuck off you you cunt. Piss off, will you? Um big thing at the moment, because I've been coming in a while, I, I don't really care about certain things. <laughs> I've done my own shows, I do my own thing, and I, I can tell people to fuck off. Look. Yeah. It, I could give you some examples of times where I should have walked away, and like in terms of picking a good venue. I remember I used to run a gig in Hammersmith. Fucking hell, what a snaky piece of shit he was. Oh, but I didn't know at the time. I asked him about putting on a show, we agreed to it. He said, There's other shows before. What I should have done, should have asked the other previous owners, What was it like working? Why did you leave? And then I would have got a balanced story of the situation. He just told me it didn't work out. I shouldn't have said, Why? And then I maybe could have saved all the hassle and bustle of running a gig for five years and getting done over. Also, yeah, we were running gigs for a few years. One of the things that was always a big problem there, if you're if you're with a venue, if you pick a day of time of the month, make sure that nothing else gets in between. Because if you're building audiences and they come around and say, oh, there's a corporate event, you know, they get confused. People are easy. They need something that's regular and easy to go to and they know when it is. And you can build it up. I let them do that and then... You know, if I'm a punter and I come in, oh, Sunday's a corporate, I'm not going to bother going because it's making things confusing. Uh, and number three, yeah, I should have walked away. I remember a while ago with the place because I'd invested so much time in it. I didn't want to do an end of year show, but then he said to me, if you don't do it, I'm going to get someone else to do it. In that situation, should have just fucking walked off because if, well, so what what are you doing that you're not respecting my decision mate are you and the show was dreadful like it didn't let me control or put anything that was needed to put on a good show yes there's a lot of people in but you may have got some money in but what's the fucking point it was shit yeah, and make sure you're allowed to do what you need to do to put on a good show. Um, yeah, and another thing about it is, yeah, if you're, from what was out there, if you're going to run a gig in another venue, make sure it's clear and watertight and like, check, really check with the person beforehand, before you set up a gig, because you know, you may up so do you want to cause enemies where it's not needed? No. It's... 
And also, if a venue's going to do one promoter over, they're probably going to do you over. Do you want to work with them? No. And what happened with me a while ago when I got done over is... is I made agreement with the venue was I would not have another comedy club in the same venue. Reason is it's a small venue. What good is it going to be? Well, I just feel it's a bit. I don't agree with running comedy shows in the same venue. It's just not for me. I don't like it. It's, I just I think it because they're putting their efforts in more than one place. And how much can you put? It just makes it more complicated than it needs to be. My personally, I don't agree with it. And the situation that happened when I got done over is they said that I agreed with it. No, I did not. If you're going to do something like that, just you have to get it in writing. We have to double check, triple check. You don't, don't, oh, misunderstand. Oh, I thought you said, no. Make it clear. Then there's nothing. You don't have a case of saying this person did this or that unless it's watertight. Unless you get a message or things confirming it. And then, oh, what was what was the strange thing? Yeah, the, the, this fucking, and yeah, and to think that was strange about the venue owner. If you weren't happy with me running a gig, just fucking kick me out and say I'm not doing it. Don't go do funny business of getting someone behind my back and then set up another show and then saying, oh, I was going to get rid of you anyway. It's a simple thing. Kick me out if I'm not doing a good job. Done. There's no case to stand on. And, yeah, so I hope with that bit, sorry for ranting on the personal shit, but hopefully if you're looking to run a gig day, you can not make the mistakes I made. And also, yeah, it's... Getting an argument be being enemies over a shitty little pub. One small, one small little venue. Like, fucking hell, man. That's daft. Yeah. Try not getting emotional about things like I did. Because <laughs> then they can use use it against you. Um, what's another thing? Yeah. Let's talk about bloody the podcast. And what's, what's been fun about that. Yeah. I only started the podcast because people suggested I started the podcast. You know, I'd have chats with people. I think I was quite insightful and analytical. And they'll say to me, you know what, you should do a podcast. And it was recommended to me like two or three times. I thought, during the pandemic, nothing else to do. So I'd do it. And it's been quite fun. Like for guys that are listening, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's so much fun chatting about things and learning. And yeah, to anyone that's thinking about starting a podcast, I'd say fucking do it. It's a lot of fun. Like you learn more in one conversation than you do in some of the years I've been gigging. It's it's, it's great. It's the chat about things. It's it's fun. But when I started, I was just going all over the place doing any old random thing. Then I switched to doing weird hobbies, and I switched to that, and then switched to doing comedy where it is now. It's a fun little journey. I think when they say about finding your niche, it's 
I think you just got to try different things. And you'll find it just through keep going and trying, and then you find it. Now, it's the comedian's power nice, there's a lot of comics and people outside of it. But I think, yeah, I think I'm going to change that a bit too. I'm not too sure what, but it's going to change to something else because just talking to comedians all the time is getting a bit repetitive. I want wide views, I want things that are different so I can say something different. I don't want to say the same things all the time. It's boring. I think boring for you is boring for me. I see the biggest thing about the podcast is yeah, it's the art, I think the art conversation and I think yeah, I think the two things are taken from the podcast. I think maybe if you are doing a guest on running podcasts, I don't know much about running a solo podcast where you just took Vambo on. I know this is what this is, but I think if you're trying to get a big name or comedy podcast, when you're trying to message people, uh, it's the most boring and annoying part of the job. It is, but treat bigger names as their people. Because if you're too nice, if you're too sucky sucky with anyone, they treat you like horse shit. That's the biggest takeaway, and that's the mistake I've made of trying to get bigger guests. But then again, like some people that you think would be assholes are fucking amazing. Some that shouldn't be treating you wankers are. It's yeah, you never know what's gonna happen in a conversation in the podcast. Be an open mind with it. That's I think they're the two things. You never know what's going that's part of the fun. Hmm. I think that's mostly it. I hope you've enjoyed my rambling on and taken some things from it. I'm not going to say what you should... I haven't traversed to what you should do, what you shouldn't do. More what you should... Not what you should do, sorry. More on what you shouldn't do, because I feel I know more about that rather than the other bit. I don't think I can say some of the other stuff until I'm Jimmy Carr or someone like that. That's. I think there's some people that can really, or at least pro comic who's headlining all the best clubs in the country I think that's that's the point I hope I've said a little bit on what you shouldn't do well what you should do I hope you've enjoyed it if it has been a pain in the ass to listen to this episode let me know if you should, if you enjoyed it like a good massage let me know no not, not a massage Oi, that's going on if you enjoyed it like a good lemonade let me know anyway We'll be back to the guests next week and a week after. See you next episode. Hope you've enjoyed it.